0: Quite a year, hasn't it? Can you believe December is next week? Everyone's quite, it's normal? <laughs> Are there any final votes that need to be handed in? Just pop your hand up high because we do want to um, be really accurate. Thanks, team, for helping out, too. By the way, we, we um, used to have cold air come in here during the winter. We turned it off. Right. So um, those of you that shifted sideways into the back because of that, you can stay where you are, but you are in good seats right here, too. Hey, that was Carl's first time up in quite a long time. Can we give Carl a bit of a hand this morning? I'm sure he had, uh, he had nerves. <laughs> Do you want to just stand up and say hello to, why don't you see if you can say hello to at least four different people before sitting down again? Yes, please. The Church. (laughs) This Friday, I have the pleasure of taking a couple's wedding. I wonder if Eli and Sarah would like to stand. Can we just congratulate these two? It's going to be a great day, Friday. Bless you guys. Okay, let's let's just bring up our our vision statement up here. If you want to see it in just uh, something memorable, Transformed Lives, Healthy Community... That's, that's what we're aiming at as a, as a church. That's where we are heading. We want transform people's lives, including all of us, but people who aren't yet past of us as well, and a healthy community. And this is, this is the same whether it's the trust or whether it's the church, whether we're working out in the community. We want to bring health to more and more people's lives just as we're bringing health to one another's lives as well. And so just the... the um, The bigger version of it is this. This next season is about being present-seeking and living transformed lives in both church and trusts because there's three trusts that are part of this church. We will be a family of people who encounter God and move in the gifts of God's Spirit, experiencing miracles and healings regularly, and we will share the goodness of God as well as the message of the love of Christ contagiously. We'll reach out to children and families of all ethnicities. Thank you for all the food that's coming in this week. In our area, every week. And our youth and our young adults will passionately love and follow God, becoming successful in life. Our adults will become people who thrive in life, filled with hope and a kingdom mindset due to the wisdom of God that they are growing in. Our seniors will flourish in their older age, continuing to influence others, often through the programs of our trust and our small groups. And our worship will develop a sound and a creative expression that encourages people into the presence of God. And our church will be contemporary in nature, yet absolutely committed to the gospel. You know, friends, our vision is that you, along with many other people, will find real life in this church. Remember John 10.10, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have that kind of life absolutely abundantly. So you can get to 90 like Joan did last week, and you can have everybody there celebrating with you and cheering you on because of the abundance of life that's there. You know, we want to see that uh, transformation of life from the littlies to the oldies. We don't want anyone plateauing or becoming boring. Why don't you say to the person next to you, you're not allowed to be boring. (laughs) And try the person on the other side as well. Tell them that they're not allowed to be boring. They're not allowed to be negative. They're not allowed to be stuck. They're to keep growing. That's our vision. We want people to flourish and, and to look ahead to what more is possible. You know, Des Johnson sitting up the back there, if my eyes are seeing me right, Des, give us a wave of it, you? Yeah. Thought so. Des Des has been trying to flourish all his life, and he's still trying to flourish. When he got into the rest home, the one that he's not in now, but the one before that, he set up a a service for others in that rest home to be able to do it. And he did it until he couldn't do it anymore because his, his, um, his capacity wasn't there. But he's flourishing in older age, still committed to the gospel. It's a wonderful thing. You know, we want people who believe the best is yet to come. 2021 will be a year where fellowship deepens for this to be able to happen. Where ministry that encourages and restores increases amongst us. And we're serving in teams and, and being involved in the programs of the church and, and, and finding your fit, finding your lane, finding where you have the gifts to be able to serve will become more and more normative and people will give themselves to that. You know, and the teaching that, comes, uh, that you're receiving week by week, we're committed to have a, a teaching that will expand our worldviews as well as Everyone praying for and sharing the gospel of Jesus with friends, family, and strangers. You know, so much is happening now. And we're in a really disjointed year where we've, where we've had lockdown and we've had uh, social distancing and we've had things that have shut us down. And yet, and yet we, the church is still flourishing and growing in I, and, and, and all sorts of different ways. Here are some of them. You know, there's a whole lot of babies being born. Anyone happy about that? I just think it's wonderful. Keep going, guys. God said right at the very beginning, multiply, multiply, multiply. And if you are not, if you're not uh, found your, your person yet, um, keep believing and, and asking God for that perfect someone for you, that partner that you can go through life with. Icons the work that Don is involved in continues to see new new kids added as well as other community ki- all the community kids still there. I was with them briefly on Thursday night at mcdonald 's as they were having hamburgers and various things there and it 's so exciting to see kids that have never had anything to do with God gathered around Don and Nat, um, and and they're they're keen, they're interested. It's fantastic. Nat last year started solar power again, and it's for the kids and icons who have grown past icons. They're now out of it, and Nat and Don have started solar power, and there's a good number of kids there. Um, And this year in the youth camp, um, Seb and Don and Nat strategically brought these community kids to the, the uh, youth camp as well, and kids that have probably never experienced God to that degree were sitting under the power of God and were responding to what God was saying and doing in that camp. That's really good strategy. It's wonderful stuff. And I'm just... just. Uh, uh, Thrilled that, that Seb is involved in two schools now, and and the way those have opened up have been real God opportunities where things, uh, especially in Papamoa High, have just been given to you, um, literally. And it's happened this year. It's fantastic. You know, over the last two years, we've had interns operating here in the church. First Nat, with the development of Solar Power, and then Trenton this year has been developing a new youth band. And Sandra and I are quite amazed that over 23 years, um, there have been a number of youth bands who have been birthed in this church, firstly with Jason... And the work that he was doing, Averson. Um, and, and but they've gr- and then they've grown up and they've become part of the music ministry. But God always seems to send these wonderful, talented young young year nines and year eights. And Trenton's coaching another youth band through as well. It's it's a it's a really cool thing. And Simon and Lynn. Um, stepped up over the last couple of years as well to coordinate the small group ministry when we determined that we didn't have the finance to be able to employ another uh, assistant pastor. These guys saw the gap, and they said, well, we can do something there, and they stepped into it. And you know, the cycling group, give us a wave if you're part of um, Jerry and John and their cycling group. There's, there's a lot more of you who might be out cycling at the moment. But, but anyway, it's amazing what is happening there. Anyone is welcome to be part of that cycling group. They go once a month. They're going to do the Northern Corridor on the 12th, I think. Um, it's open for cyclists, probably pedestrians too, before it opens to cars. Don't do it on the 13th. Um, LAUGHTER for various reasons, one of which is we're having a church picnic in Hagley Park, come and be part of that, and just have a great day instead of kind of feeling flat at the end, um, but those the, the cycling group are now going to to the North island they're migrating across that strait to do three days in Hawkes Bay, and the community, the relationship the bonding the the, the, the there that is built as people go away together and do that sort of thing is absolutely wonderful. Tables of Eight has taken off twice in the church here this year, and that's Murdo's um, uh, uh, baby. <laughs> it's his initiative, and, and it's been a resounding success because getting to know people, there's nothing better to get getting to know people, and sitting around the table with a cup of coffee and some food. You just share. It's really good. Probably the only thing that's better is walking. Walking will do it every time. You know, as an eldership, in past years, we've walked into Lake Daniels, Driven all the way there to the beginning of the track and then walked in just to build, just to bond, just to know each other at deeper and deeper levels. But this is happening all the time. And I'm only mentioning some things that are taking place organically within our church's life. Um, cells, caring for people is fantastic. You know, um, meals that have been given through uh, when people have been sick through this time. We experienced it this year when Sandra was sick, and, and her team and some of uh, my group as well just brought meals to us. And what a relief that was instead of baked beans and more baked beans and more baked beans. Yeah, and toast. I can do toast. That's, that's good. But, you know, the groups. Um, uh, Lynette Cuthbert has been has been unwell recently, and her cell group team, her her network around her, uh, because they knew that she was very particular and loved the healthy food, they gave money for her to be able to bring in Uber eats. How cool is that? That's really, really cool. Really exciting to see that happen. Let me just put a, a rider on this because this happens out of relationship in, in, in anywhere, but it happens out of relationship in church as well. And it's because these people have been part of a small group. They're, they're known, they're loved, and and, and they've given in to, into other people's lives. And the Bible says there's a law of sowing and reaping. What you sow out into someone else will come back to you at a time of need as well. So I encourage you, get into a small group if you're not part of one I was going to say shame on you but I won't say shame on you I'll say get into a, a small group and 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 let that um, relationship that that you are looking for even if you're not really sure of it actually take place for you as well you know Stan Miller um recently started a prayer a prayer group came and saw me I said yeah go for it Stan and it meets um after church twelve fifteen on a Sunday and uh They've seen a, a phenomenal healing. David uh, Whiting, who I've prayed for for many, many years, and only recently we've seen two occasions, one where he said the pain just shifted a little bit and one where it shifted just a little bit more, Stan, and the group prayed for him, at least standard anyway, and the pain left. This is 20 years of pain. Down the side of, right-hand side of his face, down his arm. Then he was scared. Are you here, David? How cool was it, David, to get to find that happen? Cool but scary, eh? Really scary. Who am I? If I haven't got the pain, what, what will happen? Now the pain came back. And then Stan was scared. <laughs> but something is shifting. And I'm believing for complete healing in you, David. I'm believing that God's going to restore your life. He's going to bring back what's been the locusts have eaten, as the Bible says, and the canker worms had a good chew at, but God's restoring, and it's happening amongst us. I want to encourage us. Let's pray for that man. Pray that what God has begun won't stop. It won't plateau. It'll just keep happening, and he can be free of pain, and he can begin to live and, and, uh, uh, in the way that God has, has planned for him to do. There's a new group of women who are planning women's group, women's events at least, and that's exciting to see what's happening there. And Rowan has started, uh, restarted the monthly um, service for retired folks, and, and once a month we have a service again here with hymns and uh, sharing and a message and scones. And if you love hymns and you love scones and what's in between, this is for you. But not just for you, bring your friends. And you know, we we saw a a good number of people there, um, 15 plus on the very first one. And and then the second one where Jeanette spoke. And she's going to share that message uh, only expanded here over January of what God is doing. And so many people were touched there. You know, we, we stopped and we had, um, we had discussions at the end of what Jean, Jeanette was talking about. And, wow, a guy in the group, we had to share, what, what fears have we faced in life? And he said to me, I've never had any fears. I've just gone ahead, done it. I said, you've never had any fears. And immediately it went off in my, in my uh, spirit. If you've never had any fears, you've never invited Jesus into your heart. You've never needed him, so you've never called out to him. So I said to him, are you a Christian? He goes, no, I'm not. I said, how long have you been coming here? And he said, well, Tony Marsh started these up, and I came when Tony invited me. So he's been coming for 15-odd years. He's never revealed that he's not a Christian, and no one's ever noticed. I said to him, okay, you've never faced any fears that have set you back in this life. What about transitioning to the next life? do you have any fear about whether you're going to heaven or hell? And he got this wry smile on his face. And he goes, ah, oh, yeah, that's different. And we had a, beginnings of a conversation and we kept getting interrupted. So, so we said, let's, let's pick it up next time the service is on and we'll go further in it. Isn't that cool? Just good things happening. Absolutely wonderful. Um, Kat and Nikki have started a monthly uh, mums and bubs group and, and um, that's a, a real exciting thing to happen because they're not only dealing with the mums and bubs here in the church but that's that special time where you bond with the people that you go through antenatal or prenatal or natal or whatever it is and and you just get... Close, And they're getting drawn into that group as well. And, and Rowan, just going back, back further, she's not only set up that, but she's set up something co- that she calls the Hui. And it, and this is for people who are not necessarily retired, although they might be, but they're not working. And it happens on a Thursday at, at Nancy Ave, which we're calling the Whanau Centre. And um, there's a good group of um, people meeting there now. And, and um, out of that group, there are people that have gotten saved. Last last uh, Thursday, someone gave their heart to the Lord as Charles and Rowan talked to them. How cool is that? Yeah. Just people that she's meeting out walking their dog, out putting letter, things in letterboxes, out going to the mall. Going out on Friday nights, taking some of you to different um, events on on Friday nights, especially in the square, and just talking to people about Jesus and people rededicating their life and people uh, uh, giving their hearts to Jesus for the first time. And then they just direct them to wherever they come from because the square is kind of square. So 2021, as we look ahead, God's going to raise up more new ministries, and they'll come from the grassroots. They'll come from dreams and visions that God's given to you, and you can come to the elders, and I want to say to you, probably 90% of you, we will, or 95% of you will say, yeah, we believe in this. Go for it. I want to encourage you with that, but there's one area that we can all do better in, And that is that part in that vision statement that says we'll share the goodness of God as well as the message of the love of Christ contagiously. In other words, we will be missional as people. And if we're honest, we can all improve in this area. And basically, it's through one word, intentional. Would you just say intentional to someone right next to you? Just say, how intentional are you? You know, passionate people, that was a very quiet one. Can we do that again, actually? I think it's a great word. I don't want you to forget it when we go. So just share with the person on the other side that same word. You might have to shout across a few chairs, but how intentional are you? How intentional are you? You're not allowed to leave the service today without thinking about how intentional am I about sharing the love of Jesus Christ? Passionate people change their world. And I want to ask you, what are you passionate about? Now, you're allowed to be passionate about all sorts of things, but God is always passionate about one thing. And that is that he came to, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. God's passionate about it. And if Jesus says something once, it's important. If he says it twice, it's really important. If he says it three times in the same, to the same group of people in the same place, it's really, really important. So if you've got your Bible, turn up to Luke chapter 15, and I'm reading from 1 to 11 in the New Living. It says, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. How many notorious sinners hang around you? Or how many notorious sinners do you hang around? There should be some. Do you know some drug smoking, um, XYZ, XYZ, A, B doing people? Because if you don't know them, they can't get saved. But these sort of people hung around Jesus. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of religion, of law, religious law, complain that he was associating with such sinful people. We can so easy as Christians get into this lovely bubble. And God wants to burst it today because he wants us to become intentional about people who are not fitting our bubble size. Are you with me? Sinful people, even associating with them. So Jesus told them a story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go and search for the one that is lost until he finds it? That's crazy maths. And When he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and his neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, because I've found my lost sheep. When Rowan led um, that person to the Lord on Thursday, heaven erupted. And we need to have something go off in our hearts where we're going, Go, Rowan! Go, Rowan! Do it again! And go, God! And go, me! I found my lost sheep. And then he could just carry straight on. And he says, in the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? True? And when she finds it, she'll call in her friends and her neighbors and say, rejoice with me because I've found my lost coin. She'll throw a party. That's crazy maths. She's searching for this because it's so important. And then she calls in all her friends. And of course, if they come, you've got to have tea, coffee, food, biscuits, scones. To celebrate. Actually, I quite do. Just one. but he was wanting to break the religious thinking. He was wanting to change the set thinking in these Pharisees and leaders' lives and everyone else who was listening in so that they would have a heart for the lost because the lost look lost. They don't look like us. They may not smell like us. They may not think like us. Their mouth might have different words coming out than us, but Jesus says, I care for them you need to care for them too as a church. And to illustrate, the, um, in the same way there's joy in God's presence and God's angels when one, even one sinner uh, repents, And to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them a story. A man had two sons. And I'm not going to retell that story just for time, but we know it's the prodigal son story again of of a father's heart reaching out for a child who's walking away, or a grandparent's heart for for, um, the grandkids who once came to church and once loved Jesus and once were worshipping like this, but now they're living way away from him. And there's a brokenness in our heart and there's an ache in our heart and Jesus is saying, everybody matters. Jesus is is passionate to get churches that are passionate for what God is passionate about. And that's salvation. Three times he emphasizes the same thing. Heaven is passionate for people's salvation. You know, I'm passionate that this church would become a passionate church for the lost. And you know, when I know that it's happening is when, from time to time, each one of us is sitting in our chair and we've asked the people next to us if they would just move a little bit because we've got a guest. And that guest is there because we've invited them and we've worked with them and we've brought them. How tragic that we can become so religious that we can week after week after week after week come in and go out from church with no pang in our heart that we haven't had an unsaved person with us. Then I'll know that it's really taking root, intentional, 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 until it starts to take place. And it's not every week. But, you know, what would it be like if if you were often waiting in the foyer, hoping that that friend that you've invited might come, and you come into the worship service a little bit late for a good reason? You missed it. (laughs) And they didn't come, or they did come. Then we've got it. Then intentional is working. You know, passionate people make a difference. Eugene Ormandy was the conductor of the Philadelphia Orchestra at one stage, and he got so into his conducting of that orchestra that he dislocated his shoulder. What have you dislocated in your passion for lost people? Do you know what the most popular name on boats is? It's obsession. Mm -hmm. And it's usually an obsession for fishing. Now, there's nothing wrong with fishing. I'm not anti those of you that are, are the fishermen amongst us. But do you have an equal and greater passion for what heaven's passionate about? You know, it's developing amongst us. I know it is. I hear the stories. But till we have those new people sitting alongside each one of us over a period of months, then it's still not happening to the level that it could happen. And it's same in small groups. When we're just happy to go to small group and get something for us and go home, we're missing that real passion that Jesus had, that he was trying to break out of the Pharisees and the teachers of law on that day. Some of us might have to go join something new to meet non-Christians. Simon Dodge, he runs. And often he's told me of the thrill of talking with a person as he runs. And I, 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 for me, runs and talking don't go together. <laughs> uh, they used to. But Simon can do it. He can be running a marathon, marathon, and he can talk to people as he's, as he's doing that, and he has those great conversations. Keep it up, Simon. Lynn Dodge. Uh, Lynn Dodge. Lynn Scott uh, is, is similar. Um, are you here, Lynn, or are you running? Oh, she's on the Chathams. She is, and she's, she's running over there. Yeah, she went over for, a, for a, um, a race that's happening on the Chathams. Two of her, uh, her kids, one of... Yeah, they're there as well. Um, but, but she said to me, she said, I go to coffee afterwards, because that's where the connection happens. She says, it's so easy for me to do the run, go home, but I'll miss the connection. And she's intentional. She's intentional. She knows why she's involved in this, in this thing that she's doing. And we can't have another vision than Jesus' vision, which is a vision to seek and save the lost in what we're doing. And it just needs to become a lifestyle, that passion is growing in me for the unsaved. I have a daily reminder on my phone uh, there that comes up that, that, um, at five minutes past ten that reminds me to pray for all of you and me. God, send us out into the community. You said the harvest is ripe. Send SABC people out into the community so that they're connecting with people and they're sharing the love of Jesus. And I've prayed it for years now. Five past ten. So what can we do to increase intentionality? What, what, would, what would happen if you chose two non Christian friends and you decided you were going to pray for them and you were going to seek to share the love of Jesus in some way with them once a term? Have you got the picture of those two non those those people? Who could it be? Flip through, you know, swipe right. Never done it or left, whichever it is. Who are those people in your life that you could just say, God, I'm going to go for these people. I'm going to, I'm going to um, pray for them from this time on um, as much as I can. I'll have, I'll have a short time every day just praying that you will bless their life, but you will open them up to you, and you'll give me opportunities to be able to share with them. You know, if 130 of us in the church did this, there would be 1,820 specific salvation prayers being prayed every week. 1,820. And there'd be 94,640 salvation prayers prayers prayed in a year. Does God answer prayer? What would happen? See, we've got to be intentional. And if you were to seek to share something of your walk with the Lord or the love that God has for them with uh, with those two people once a term, each year you would have at least eight spiritual conversations that because you prayed for them to happen, they will probably be quite deep and quite long even, or maybe they're short, but they will really get to the heart of the matter. And if the whole church did this, there would be 1,040 spiritual conversations happening every year just from us. Cool? It's called being intentional. And if your group, your cell group that if you're not a part of, you're just about to join, and if you are a part of it, if you went there and every week it started with people, everyone sharing who they've been sharing with that week about something about Jesus at the beginning. Imagine the stories that will begin to come out. And it's okay to say, haven't shared with anyone this week. There's no pressure. There's no, uh, this is not a guilt thing, but it's something that you're just saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to uh, get involved in it. Many times I've, I've said, haven't shared with anyone. But Robert implemented this in our elders meeting quite a number of years ago, and we start every meeting talking about who we've been sharing um, about Jesus with. And it is incredible um, hearing the stories. You know, two weeks ago, I was was out biking, and I got a bit tired. So I pulled over, and I got a drink at a shop and a little bit of chocolate, (laughs) one of the bars, you know. No, it was a small one. And, and anyway, I'm sitting on the seat, and a guy's there in a wheelchair. And he's obviously, he, he comes up, and he's obviously pretty um, uh, knocked around. And, and he looks at my bike, and he says, pretty cool bike, mate. And I go, yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. It was an e-bike, and, and um, you can still get tired on e-bikes. <laughs> and, and, and we chatted for a little bit, and, and I... Gave him a piece of chocolate. Do you want a piece of this? Yeah. We just kept talking, you know, and and he was a real hard case guy, and and he, he says to me, "Do you like drugs?" I thought, man, where's this conversation going to go, man? Do you like drugs? And I said, no, I've never had any drugs in my life other than Panadol. He said, I I've, I'm, I I I I just don't need them. I'm I'm I've got a great life. I'm not looking for that. And he goes, oh, flip. I wish that was me, me. He said. Um, you know, I, I, he said, I've, I've done so many drugs, and I could believe it. And then he tells me his story, and he says, my mum died um, a bit north, um, Waiuku way, and, and he said, I went up there, and he said, for the tangi, and, and I noticed that all these houses had poppies in them. And he thought, I'm going to come back and steal those poppies. So he, he said, I went back, and I stole all the poppies, and I don't know what you do with poppies, whether you... how you get whatever, but he said, he obviously... was eating it or injecting it or whatever and he said he was high as a kite and he crashed his car and he said I was seven months in a coma and I'm going wow man you're lucky to be alive and he goes yeah yeah I know he said I got a payout now he didn't say where it was from but ACC or something paid him $35,000 1985 and in those days you could buy a house for about $30,000 and he said, I've injected all that money into my arms over the years. He said, I wish I'd build a house. And We were laughing together about, yeah, yeah, choices you make and all this sort of thing. And then I finished my drink. And so I said to him, I said, hey, man, you've you're obviously you know, got some health issues. And he said could I, I said, could I pray for you? Because I know I, I'm a Christian, and, and I know that God loves you, and I know that God can heal. Could I pray for you? And he he just said straight back to me, he said, sure, sure, mate. And he bowed his head and I prayed God's blessing over his life. And when I finished that prayer, he looked me in the eyes and um, he said, thank you so much for praying for me. And then he said, and thank you for talking to me. And I got on my e-bike and (laughs) rode into the distance. Why do things like that happen? Why did that conversation happen? Because I've been praying for a number of years, 10, five minutes past ten, God, send us as a church out into the community to share your love with people because the fields are ripe. And that man was just so open. I hope to meet him again. In fact, I'm sure I will. What would happen if your group started every meeting talking about who, what, what stories can we share? And it's okay to say, haven't got a story at all. I remember Paul De Jong, when when I invited him to come here in 2003, 2004, he's the pastor of the largest church in New Zealand, the Life Church and, uh, in Auckland, and he said to me, um, he told a story about doing this, and he said, you know, um, we start our, our, they call them their board, he said, we start our board meeting, and uh, we call it an eldership, but um, sharing stories of who we've been witnessing to and he he said he woke up in bed it's after midnight and he goes darn got a board meeting tomorrow so he got up got dressed went out and bought a hamburger just so that he could talk to someone about Jesus Christ (laughs) and have that story. It is incredibly motivating when when you start to talk about this because you want to have that story of something spiritual going on where where you're reaching out into the community. Wow. And what, say, as groups, all the cell groups said, you know, if, we have, if you have a cycle, you don't want to do it all the same every single week. That's boring. Remember, we weren't allowed to be boring. So if your group is just the same all the time, mix it up, do different things. What say one in every six meetings, you decided that the whole group would be praying for that week where you would all be inviting your friends to come and mix together with you on that night? And you'd have to do something really interesting on that night, like uh, mini-golf, or you might do it on a Saturday and go to Hanma, or you might have a barbecue tea or a dessert, but you just get all the Christians with well, as many non-Christians that, that are up and able and into it, but you've been praying for them for ages, remember? Together. Sometimes when we're, when we're working with our friends and sharing the gospel, we reach a point where we kind of can't get past this sort of ceiling that's there. But it's amazing when you get your friend in a group of your, of your Christian friends how someone else can often go way past that and the spiritual interest and in conversations can just go on. What would happen if we as a church actually got intentional to that sort of level? There's a cost to doing that. You've got to be deliberate. We've all got to be deliberate. But how many more people would come to know the love that Jesus has for them and come to know it faster if that were actually taking place? And then there's a need to, as people become more and more open, just invite them to church. Say, hey, come, come. You know, we have, we have this motivational talk every Sunday and we go to a concert every Sunday you don't need to go to, you know, the, one of the big arenas around town somewhere. You can come to our church. You just, you'll leave and so glad you came. And they say, yeah, I'll, I'll come. I'll come and be part, uh, see, see what it's like. You know, Sandra's part of a painting group of what I call the Maryvale Ladies. And they call her the parson's wife. Oh, the vicar's wife. Here we go. And she says it's surprising how, how often spiritual conversations um, come up in that group. And Avril, who's been a part of our church and is still a part of our church here, runs the actual group. And she's a Christian, but her husband, Arthur, was not a Christian. And um, about 18 months ago, I was preaching on life-after-death experiences that people are having. And and Sandra was was um, talking with... Uh, with Avril and with Arthur. And Arthur has had several of these experiences over the years. And so Sandra invited them both to church one day. And they came. And I was preaching here and I looked across and Av and Arthur were just in the seats where you are, Brian. And and I looked there and I just felt something go bang in my spirit. The Holy Spirit was just saying, today's the day, today's the day, today's the day. And then I got busy at the end of church um, with some of you guys praying for you, talking with you, etc. and I wanted to get over there to Av and Arthur, but they'd gone, checked the cafe. So we just Sandra and I, we just got in our car and we drove to their place and we invited ourselves for coffee. <laughs> and so the girls went out of the lounge to get the coffee and, and Arthur's sitting there with me and I said, Arthur, who do you believe that being that you have seen who's robed in white light, who emanates love towards you actually is? You're going to meet him when you pass from this life? And he says, it's Jesus. And I said, well, do you want to actually confirm where you're going, whether it's heaven or hell? Do you want to accept Jesus into your life today? Now, I'd given an altar call, and he sat through the whole thing. But sitting in his lounge, he just answered me back, yes. Girls come back in with the coffee, we drink our coffee, we talk about other things. At the end of that time, I said, okay, Arthur, now's the time, let's do it. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and if you mean it from your heart, Jesus will come into your life, he'll, he'll guarantee heaven for you. You'll become a Christian, you'll become a follower of his. And I, took, I just led him through salvation of, of I'm a sinner, I've, I've done wrong things, I need forgiveness for it. And he gave his heart to the Lord. Well, within a very short number of weeks or months, I don't remember exactly, dementia had really taken over in Arthur's life, and he ended up in Burwood, and then it became more severe, and he went to one or two of the severe dementia clinics. And there wasn't another time when he would have been in sound enough mind to have been able to actually do it. That was the day. And I'm so glad that Sandra is part of a basically non-Christian group that meet, and that she's up front about her faith, and she gets a bit of ribbing, but she gives it back, but when something happens, they come and talk to her about different things as well that are of a spiritual nature, and I'm so glad that she took the opportunity, not just to pray for Avril and Arthur, but to invite them to come to church, and the Holy Spirit just said, okay, now's the day, bang, bang, bang. You know, all of us have grandchildren, children, friends, family, Workmates that we know who are either going to hell or to heaven. And our God's desire is they go to heaven. Every one of us can have the pleasure. If you haven't yet led anyone to Christ, it's not beyond you. It starts with prayer. It starts with intentionality. It might start with just saying, God, I'm going to pray for two people and I'm going to pray for them every day and I'm going to seek to witness to them once a month, um, or once a term at least, so that that conversation just keeps going and I'm going to invite them to come to my small group and when the time's right, I'm going to invite them to come to part of the church too and over time, if, if the church begins to do it, you will have the pleasure of leading people that you know as well as people that you've never met before into relationship with our loving God. 2021, one word, intentional, intentional. You know, there are certain things when I started in ministry at age 28 that I hoped and believed for. Some of those things have come to pass. Some of them will come to pass but it might be my kids doing it. It might be another generation doing it. But I'm still gonna rejoice. I'm still gonna believe. Don't give up on the dreams and hopes that God's put in your heart to be that missional person. Doesn't matter your age. Dez was well into his eighties when he started his group for others in the rest home. All you need is to hear something from God and go after what's in your heart. I guess what I'm asking for us from vision for this church, this is is still walking in a straight line. We've been walking this way for many, many years. But I'm asking you, will you make a commitment today to be intentional in this aspect of prayer and sharing about Jesus? And if before God today you want to do that, before I ask everyone to stand, I'm just asking those of you who want to say, God, I want to be intentional to stand first. 2021. God, you know our hearts and you know our... either excitement about evangelism or our quaking about evangelism. But thanks, Lord, you raised up a whole denomination called Quakers. <laughs> You're quite used to people who are a bit... <gasps> you use them. God, may something shift in our hearts so we'll give time. Time to prayer. Time to thinking about our friends. Phone calls that we can make. WhatsApp and all the internet stuff that we can do and face-to-face time with people that we genuinely love and we're going after them for the kingdom. Use us, Lord. Take us at our word. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I close my eyes, if you're not standing, please stand and uh, I'll hand over to Robert um, just for the announcement.